Hello and welcome to the Rapid Power Podcast, where we ask power addicts some power platform and some non-power platform questions. Now, let's get started. Welcome to episode six of Rapid Power Podcast. I'm your host Vivek Bhavishi. and today I have two amazing guests with me. Uh, two of my good friends. Uh, April Dunham and Azure McFarlane. And uh, April is a partner technical architect at Microsoft. Thanks for joining us, April. Yeah, thanks for having me, Vivek. And Azure is a senior bioprocess engineer at GSK. Uh, she definitely is doing much more than that, <laughs> given she's part of the Power Automate, the Flow fam. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Vivek. So we have some good questions uh, today to discuss. Uh, hopefully it'll be a fun podcast uh, for you to listen to. Um, so we'll do three Power Platform questions first, and then we'll do three, three non-Power Platform questions. And we might have a bonus question in the end, which the guests will know about. So let's start off with the Power Platform once. Uh, I'll start off. Uh, so what is one ultimate flow? that you would like to build? And probably I didn't specify this, but it could be something imaginary as well. It doesn't have to have connectors right now. It could be something very fictitious. So April, what's your ultimate flow? Yeah, so I thought about this a bit. So for me, I would want to build the ultimate content creator flow. So, you know, I know a lot of us, we do YouTube videos. We also blog, right? And we want to cross share the stuff we create on, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn and Reddit and the power users community, right? So ideally, what I would like to do is I create a video. All I have to do is publish it to YouTube. This flow kicks off. It's able to read the video, create the tables of contents for me using like AI, whatever text, you know, speech recognition. It will create a description for me. It'll create all the tags that I need for it. I tell it what data I wanted to publish. When that publishing date hits, it automatically tweets it out with a, you know, relevant, you know, information. It puts it on LinkedIn, puts it on the power users community and all that. And that's all I have to do. That would be like my ideal fabulous flow. <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. I would love that. <laughs> I can only imagine like what the AI you know, know behind right? that's using this is going to pull from your videos. I always loved, have you seen uh, the uh, like AI that tries to build like songs? Based yes, on I love that. that. Yes. <laughs> I imagine. <it> <laughs> like where I, I saw one where I wrote an ACDC song. Like, and it was like, it was awesome. <laughs> I think ultimately it's going to be like, uh, we'll have a, a robot <laughs> which will do all of these things for us. And that will be our ultimate flow bot or whatever you want to call it, I guess. Yep. I mean, what? make it happen, API guy. Make it happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Azure? Uh, my my mind is always to food. And so I thought it would be a neat thing to have, like maybe I keep um, a SharePoint list of like available groceries that I have in my house. And when I click a button, it'll go search the internet for any recipes that might contain the ingredients that I have in my fridge. So then, and give it maybe like a time frame, like how long do I want to spend in the kitchen kind of thing? Uh, how much prep time does it take? And then it'll curate a recipe for me. I think that's that's something doable. I mean, yeah, that's actually yeah. doable. That, oh, that is actually doable. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that is one that I could do, but I feel like yeah. that would be a good one. I sometimes yeah. 
despite having, you know, the internet and, and Pinterest and all this stuff, sometimes spend more time like looking for inspiration to make food when you're like yeah. tired, you know, sometimes just want to be able to have something pick it for you and you're like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And that, that's a good one as well. I would love to have that. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's, uh, it's, kind of similar to April's, but more on the work side. So like my ultimate flow has to be the one which kind of lays out the whole calendar with events. Uh, it could be related to, okay, focus for this project for this work. I mean, it, I, I'll have to feed it through some, I mean, I have to give some inputs, but then once I have given like, let's say the inputs for one week, um, it should just, lay out the whole calendar with different events and uh, kind of block my teams, uh, like set it as do not disturb and all that kind of stuff. I know there's, there's some level of it, which I could do, but I want like, you know, you get these Cortana emails every day where it tells you, you want to focus, you're going to schedule time for this. I don't even want to go read that email. I want the just flow to you. just do everything for me. And I just, I know on, based on my calendar and this thing that, yeah, okay, I need to focus on this now, this now, and that's it. So yeah, I would like something like that. I, I would second that. And I feel like that should be possible too. I mean, if Cortana can already like suggest it, I mean, why can't we just go ahead and make it scheduled off for us? Yeah. yeah, when you when you build it, Vivek, let me know, share it with all of us, because I could benefit from this too. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have some great ideas. Uh, now let's find some time <laughs> to build. Me. Everyone has that, right? Is there a flow for that? I know. I mean. Right. Oh, that would be ultimate. You would be rich if we found that and created that flow. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, well, you know what? We will talk about this off the podcast. You know, we'll we'll make sure nobody else can get to it first. We'll, we'll put our heads together. <laughs> nice. Yes. Definitely. So well, April, what question do you have? Yeah, so what I was wanting to ask you all is, what is your best tip or trick for Power Automate? Can I have two? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm not, okay. not going to limit you. Oh, okay. <laughs> One is um, I like, if I'm using an expression, I like using the comment section in um, my actions. Um, just to put like any notes there. So normally if I'm using an expression in Compose, I will copy and paste the expression and put it in the comments. Um, and then that way when you're you're working with your action, you don't have to like hover over the expression to see what's in there. It makes it much easier to see. So I like doing, I like using the comments and, um, and like renaming my steps. I'd say that's like the biggest thing that I like to do. And then my second one is using copy to clipboard. That's one of my favorite things, especially yes. like, cause you can use it between like when like browser windows too. And so if you're working on like a, you know, like two flows side by side, or you're like, Oh, I want to take a portion of this and put it in another, in another flow. You can just copy all of it to clipboard and stick it in your, your other flow. And if you have multiple steps, you can stick it in a scope step and just copy the whole entire scope and it'll do multiple steps at one time. So. I mean, you just covered all the tips there. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They make me really excited. Like once I figure out how to do these, it changed my life. <laughs> I mean, copy to clipboard, I love. Like, I don't know how I built flows before that was added. I mean, yeah. True, right? Yeah, it's it's like once you have the future, you're like, how, how did I work before this? <laughs> 
Yeah, so for me, yeah, so the first one is not exactly a technical thing, but it's when you're searching, I mean, if you kind of land into some issue with your flow, when you Google search for it, type, don't search, I mean, try both these things. Add Microsoft Flow in the end Mm -hmm. first, then try adding Power Automate and see what results you get. Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of the questions were solved and which are in the forum, which has Microsoft Flow in it. So I know it has gotten better over the few months, but still I find more answers when I search uh, an issue along with Microsoft Flow. So that's ah, the first. Like yeah. prior to the rebranding to be part of the Power Platform. Interesting. Yep. Okay, yep. I didn't realize that. And the second one, um, maybe a bit more technical, and this is something that I gradually learned, um, is to start if you really want um i mean if you want to have good alm or e- even if not for alm uh, if you just want to have like have some history and to be able to access flows like admins can access flows even for people who have left the organization or have changed roles or whatever the case be try putting everything in solutions your flows um I know a lot of people, I mean, when they start off, including me, I would say for one or two years, I was not using solutions. And that time even solutions was kind of gradually um, evolving. But yeah, now I would say, if you're creating anything created in a solution, once you create it in a solution, it doesn't have to be even shared with anyone else. Um, the system admins or system customizers, they can even, they can go into any solution and look at those flows. So it's a good practice to start at some point and uh, you'll benefit from it later. Yeah, I know Vivek, you sent me uh, that link the other day about solutions when I was trying to steal my own flow from a tenant and put it in another one. So I need to take a look at that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, that's what I said, right? I mean, initially nobody even thinks about it. You're like, I want to create the solution under my flows. Why should I go to solutions and add a flow which doesn't even show up under my flows, right? It's mm-hmm. it's weird that way, but it's uh, something that you would realize later on that, yeah, I should have started using solutions much earlier. Well, you mean, you, you made it hard for me because like everything that I could possibly say of my tips, I mean, you covered compose, <laughs> you covered meaningful names, you covered scopes. I mean, you you covered searching for it and the fact that you should probably search for flow. I mean, the only other thing I can think to possibly add is, which I think a lot of people don't know about, is the concurrency option and like your apply to each loops in there. So like if you have like a really long running, like a huge apply to each, if you turn that, adjust that concurrency, it could kind of speed up your apply to each loops. But yeah, just that and then echoing everything that you both just said. <laughs> I'm I'm having to... Google this. I'm going to put Microsoft Flow behind it too, because I don't know what this is, April. What what is? Can you explain like what this? It's this just kind of is? like think of like so if you're in a grocery store and you know you're trying to go through the line to you know pay for your groceries and you only have one line open, so you have all these people you're trying to get them through. Well, mm-hmm. concurrency opens that up to where now you have four lines open so that multiple people can come through at the same time. You should see my face right now. I'm just like, <laughs> only only because I was helping a, a friend of mine with a, a very basic flow today. He just needed to take um, the ID number from a SharePoint list and put it in another column because he couldn't 
there was something with like Flo wasn't recognizing the ID as uh, or, or uh, like some column as like an integer, and so the rest of his flow isn't working. So he wrote a button flow to I just helped him like take the item and then update the item with like the ID number in a separate column, and it took to do 2,400 items in this list just to update one column it took an hour and that was just from this one apply to each just running and running and running so now we know how to speed it up without sharepoint throttling us so well big caveat though so when you do this like it doesn't run like sequentially like in order it randomizes the order so if whatever you're doing and that apply to each has to be in a certain order you know, don't 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 mess with that because it gets it all out of order. I mean, you could split the, the list of split it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. just to, I mean, the other, just an added thought to it is like, after the concurrency, you can meet as well. So kind of the same grocery store example, mm -hmm. like let's say me and my wife going, you're like, okay, you go here, you go there. Let's just split it, get it done fast and then meet again, right? So you can bring things back together at one point from concurrency. Okay. Okay. I learned something new today. So a lot of new things today. I'll be doing my homework. <laughs> <laughs> what question do you have, Azure? Um, let's see. So my question was, how do you plan out your flows, if at all? So um, I guess my way of planning out flows is so. The first thing I kind of covered it in my previous question is start with the solution, right? You are you're first having a project that you're working on. So every project needs to be a solution. And then inside the solution, when I'm creating different flows, um, sometimes I'll, I mean, I have a naming convention. Like, okay, if I'm doing it for um, a specific team, business group, or business unit, something like that, I'll start with that so that I can identify it. And then um, what is one of the bigger kind of act, like one of the primary actions in that, like if it's related to SharePoint, or Dataverse, or anything like that, I kind of identify it that in the flow name. And then if I'm just testing with it, I'll, I'll put like test mm -hmm. uh, in the end, or dev or something like that. And when it's ready for production, I'll change it. Now, there are different ways. I mean, in some cases, um, I'll use that. In some cases, I don't put any test dev kind of a thing. I'll just move it from one environment to the another. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think naming convention is the, like, the thing is it starts from the solution. And then once you have your projects laid out that way, um, everything is inside that then. So you know that any flow that you're working on is inside the project. So, it's kind of a fold, like solutions is almost like a, a folder that you have for each of your project in a document library. Do you do like any sort of like sketching it out? Cause I've seen um, some things with like Visio, uh, uh, do you use OneNote? I see what you're asking there, okay, yeah. Um, I used to use draw.io because it was an open source. We, we didn't have a Visio license. So I, I would use draw.io, it's a flow charting tool. And uh, of course I cannot <laughs> draw something there or use uh, create a flow and create a flow chart mm -hmm. out of that. But I know, I, so I use draw.io and the other thing I use is Flow Studio. 
our own uh, John Lewis uh, Flow Studio, where you can, once you've created a flow, you can create a flow chart out of it. Um, so plug for his product here. Yeah, plus one for that. Flow Studio is awesome. Saved, saved my butt a few times on different projects, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I do chart my workflows out. That's typically how I start. Like, I have to be able to, for me at least, visualize the entire process. And the only way that I can do that is if I draw it. Sometimes I just hand draw it. Um, or I do use something like Visio or even PowerPoint, whatever it is, just to see the whole picture. And I try to identify key things in that. Like, you know, what connectors will I be using so that I know, you know, because like depending on what client, you know, or how who you're building this for, you might have restrictions in certain environments to the connectors. And there's all these implications, you know, to that. So just try to be mindful of what things I need to connect to in the overall process and when I'm trying to figure out how to build it out. Okay. Like what this. I haven't, so I haven't used Flow Studio before. I just, <laughs> sidebar. So, you know, I like, I do consulting on the side um, and I just got a new computer within, I'd say the past like three or so months because previously I had like this HP netbook from 2013 that was really useless because it wouldn't do anything. Um, and then like for my work computer, I can't download apps onto like external apps. So all of these cool resources and tools have been available to use and people, you know, say like, oh, you should try this. I'm like, I, I can't use it. You don't understand. Now I can and I'm really excited. So I'm going to try Flow Studio. Um, so what I've just been doing is, is using OneNote, to be honest, and not even, I guess, drawing it out. It's more like when I'm thinking of a flow, I'll just start like writing down what I think the trigger should be and then a couple of actions and then it'll be as I'm building it, I'll find out that, okay, maybe it needs some sort of condition and like write out the conditions um, that I'm looking for and see if that'll work. So I have a very rudimentary system for the time being that works. And then even with um, like my client or like for work and I'm getting other people want me to build something for them. I just use OneNote and a bunch of checkboxes and then using like um, just different font colors to indicate like, oh, this has been um, addressed. I need more information for this or um, like some sort of like caveat, I guess. So just very basic. So Flow Studio is going to be my next thing to check out. I've got like browser tabs open right here just with everything that you guys are talking about because I think this is great. <laughs> Nice. All right. So we've covered the Power Platform questions. Uh, now let's forget about Power Platform for a while <laughs> and jump on to some not so Power Platform questions. So I'll start off. And I know it's, it's a, this question probably has become a bit old, but at least people have evolved now. I, I think my work from home setup has evolved. Um, so the question basically is what's your work from home setup right now? and any tips or tricks that you would like to share? April? Uh, yeah, so I mean, probably like a lot of this stuff, like everyone has similar stuff. Like I know a lot of us have Blue Yeti mics, especially for doing you know, like YouTube and stuff. So I have that. I actually have three different audio <laughs> things that I use. So I have this headset, you know, if I want some noise canceling, I'm talking, I have my little, you know, jobber um, puck thing, like a speakerphone, and then I have my Yeti for actual recordings. 
Um, I did just upgrade my camera. So I got this Sony ZV-1 um, that I'm using as a webcam. Um, so testing that out so far so good. I'll, I'll do a review for let you know, like after I try it for a few weeks, if that how that's working out. Before I got that, I had my uh, Logitech Brio, which was pretty much a standard webcam that a lot of people have. Um, other things beyond that, I really love my stand-up desk. Like, I mean, for, you know, I've been working from home for years and years, and I don't know how I didn't have a stand-up desk this whole time. It's just so nice to be able to just stand and sit. And then I got this cool stool, too. So I got the autonomous desk, but it's just like this little stool that you can move. I'm a fidgeter, so I can sit on the stool if I am wanting to sit and just, like, move around and fidget and everything. It's awesome. Along the lines of fidgeting, my fidget cube, I have to have that. I mean, <laughs> I'm just that type of person um, when I'm on long calls and just need to <laughs> relax my mind. And uh, my stream deck, um, that has been something that I'm so glad that I waited to get it because I didn't like, what am I actually going to use that for? But um, it's invaluable. Like all the things I can do with it, like have shortcuts to applications, have it plugged in to control my lighting and my webcam and zoom it to, you know, draw um, lots of different things. So those are probably my my standards. Yeah. Nice. That that's a that's probably one of the coolest setups. I mean, I I guess you didn't add your work from home lights. Uh, that was another. I mean, when oh, you were, yeah yeah the busy yeah. lights. Yeah. <laughs> I did connect those with the flow so that it looks at my calendar and then if I'm busy, it has it's on the on the door there, so my husband knows not to come in and. <laughs> bother me when I'm on meetings because like I don't I'm sure it's happened to both of you too like you're on a call and then with your video on and then someone walks in so that was my solution to that yeah, that that's pretty that's, cool that's really cool I've never heard of this what I'm, I'm gonna pimp out my workspace yeah yeah they're like you know $20 lights off Amazon you just connect them to to flow and your calendar and turn them on and off yeah, yeah that's pretty that's cool, cool. That is really cool. What's your setup like, Azure? Um, I was one of those people who didn't work from home prior to the parallelogram, so I didn't really have a, a setup when we first started. I was working off of two nightstands and like an $8 IKEA tabletop. That was a very interesting time in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now I have um, a friend of mine moved, so I have uh, I couldn't find you know a desk at the time either because everybody was looking for desks. So I have a it's like adjustable feet on an Ikea, like an Ikea table with adjustable feet and work give us the option of like a really basic desk or an electric desktop converter. So it's this really big bulky thing that's probably like three and a half, four feet long that just sits on top. Um, and it's kind of raised. So I can put my monitors on the top bit and on the bottom set it just lets me rest my keyboard. I'm actually going to change this out for a Husky workbench from Home Depot and it's going to be delivered on Monday um, and it just has a crank to use as the adjuster so it'll give me an even like working surface because right now I actually don't have any room to write on top of this table because the adjuster takes up quite a bit of room or the electric desktop converter takes up some room. Um, I've got dual monitors. I've got my Jabra and then also my headset as well. So just depending because my, my neighbors have kids and sometimes you can hear them running up and down the stairs. And then one thing I found helpful because I have both my GSK laptop and then my personal laptop, which I use for school and for, um, you know, like side work. 
I bought one of those USB-C converters, so I don't need multiple monitors or multiple setups. And all I do is like I can turn my one computer on and the monitors will change to what's on that computer instead. Um, which has been really helpful instead of having to like plug, like, you know, unplug things and replug them, like take the monitors out of one computer and stick them in the other. Um, and then I would say my, um, I love my Bluetooth keyboard that I bought and it's got, you can connect up to three separate things. So if I'm um, working on my school laptop, I can use that one. And then I also just recently bought a, um, a Samsung tab s6 light for school and i can use a usb keyboard with that and so when i just hit like the bluetooth number two button i can you know take my whole setup like downstairs and type while having my tablet set up so it's kind of cool not to have um you know like the usb connector where i have to like switch it in and out of something it's just like press two press a button and it's connected so I think that's my my basic that's setup. That's cool. Yeah. So plus one on the the USB thing to switch monitors and yeah. the keyboard. I have one too. Like so being able to switch. Like I don't know if that's the same as a KVM, but like that's what I have because it has the monitors and then also several like USBs. So you know I have the different headsets and all that stuff and the uh, webcam. So I can just plug everything into that and then just press a switch and switch between the two computers and it switches the monitors and the audio and the video and all the other stuff. I need to know what this is because uh, <laughs> my routine is go back, change, like take out the USB-C hub from one laptop and put it on the other. Uh, so oh. I need to know what this thing is. <laughs> well, we'll share some links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I've imparted knowledge this time, right? You guys have been the ones I feel like giving me things <laughs> to explore here. <laughs> so, uh, so my setup, I. I think, yeah, so I did a video a long time back. This was before COVID um, on the whole setup I had, and it, it has evolved from that. So I was earlier using a Surface uh, for my personal uh, stuff. I had a Surface Pro 5, but it it was really slowing down. I mean, anytime I'm doing any video editing or anything, it was it was terrible. So now I have, I recently got the Mac Mini, which uh, with, with the M1 processor, which is, Amazing. I mean, editing has become so much easier now. Um, so I use the, I mean, I know it has been a shift from Windows to a Mac, but I'm loving it so far. So apart from that, I have uh, two monitors. I earlier had three, but I was like, yeah, I can't, I need, I don't need three monitors. I just can't look at three monitors and it probably is going to end up with me uh, having some kind of a back pain or some neck pain <laughs> in the long term. So let's just stick to two. Uh, I had the Logitech C920, which is a standard one. Um, and then uh, for the lights, I think this is something from, I think, UB size or something like that. But it's a standard one on Amazon, and it works pretty well. Right now, I have a good amount of daylight coming in, so I don't use that, but otherwise, I use it. And recent addition that I had was um, I got this. Um, so I, I use, for audio, I use Sometimes I use my AirPods or sometimes I use this Jabra um, headset. Uh, but I have this, I have an iPhone, so I have this charger, like a, a three-in-one, which is, it's a wireless charging station, but I can charge my iPhone and my AirPods and my watch. At, and it's a really compact thing, so it doesn't take up much space. That's, a, that's one good, and the phone also kind of stays, uh, doesn't, it's not flat on my table, it stays at an inclination. So if I want to look at something, 
it's easy to unlock and even like the face ID thing, it's much more easier to have it on an inclination. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, and also so the Surface device that I was using earlier, now I use it for uh, doing wireframes on whiteboard. So I had a Surface Pen, so it's easy to kind of have it, like, just draw out wireframes for apps or even flowcharts sometimes. I just try to scribble something. So yeah, it's become like my kind of notebook uh, for doing notes, creating wireframes and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's uh, that's my setup. Pretty cool. I'm glad I'm not the only one that started with three monitors and realized they didn't need it. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, cause I, I had one like mounted right above me and then my two on the side, I was like, my neck is going to hurt like looking up like that all day. Yeah. So yeah, I took that yeah. down. I'm curious how many people listening like actually use and found a good use case for three monitors. But, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know either, <laughs> but it's really like helpful real estate on your desk too to have three yeah. unless you have april's trying to get a, a crook in your neck set up <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so april what question do you have yeah so kind of shifting gears from anything work related curious to know what everyone's favorite guilty pleasure tv show is azure I had to think about that about that one, but I would probably have to say, I guess my guilty pleasure might be Bob's Burgers. It's just such like a, a quick watch, right? You you can pick up anywhere in the show, which is what I appreciate when it comes to shows that have like plot lines, like serious plot lines to them. I have to be absolutely invested in them. And I think sometimes I'm easily, I, I, I multitask if like I'm, I'm watching TV generally. So at least like Bob's Burgers is like, it's light, it's it's comedic and you can watch like two episodes and then you know like move on with your life but i i thoroughly enjoy that show nice i, I don't know what the show is and if you had to describe the show in like two lines or something to our listeners how would you describe it it's an animated it's an adult animated series about a man named bob who owns a not so successful burger shop <laughs> <laughs> I would, it's like King of the Hill with burgers and like slightly different is how I would describe I've watched it like it I don't know it's something about it reminds me of like King of the Hill-esque but like just a different take oh interesting yeah. I've I've never seen King of the Hill so I was like I couldn't describe that Vivek have you seen King of the Hill nope okay it's a dude making burgers his family's a little <laughs> crazy they live in a seaside town and he's got like a a, a vendetta against the guy who runs in a Italian restaurant across the street. It's it's funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Right? I like it. So uh, yeah, for me, it's uh, it's. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's called Indian Matchmaking on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> so it's about <laughs> it's about arranged marriages in India, but they have shown like really extreme things, and it. Like I mean, everything that they've shown in that, they show it in a serious way, but it's it's so bad. I mean, the the kind of things they say and all that. I mean, comments for like for girls, for guys, and uh, the things that they kind of do. It's it's so bad that it's funny, and that's why I mean, we binge watched it. <laughs> so it's that's one of the guilty pleasure TV shows, and I think if the season two comes up thing we'll again binge it so <laughs> i binged yeah. it too vivek it was 
I thought it was really good. And then I remember what I like to do is some, I don't watch like a lot of um, like reality TV, but this one I was like interested about the character. So I followed some of them on Twitter and uh, <laughs> yeah, they were saying that some of the, like you were saying that it was exaggerated and that a lot of the scenes they took out of context, I guess, just to build some yeah. drama. So. I mean, that's how Indian TV drama is generally. <laughs> so they try to replicate that. And so it's like we have, like, as growing up, our, I mean, my mom used to see a lot of it and we'll just watch it. So, like, a lot of people in our generation can kind of relate to what the extreme drama that they are trying to create. And it's similar to any Indian TV drama. And that's why it was more hilarious for us. Like, it, we grew up watching such kind of thing and it was normal and now it's all funny. So yeah. It's well, definitely... I haven't seen that one. I'll have to watch it. <laughs> How about you, April? Oh, mine's embarrassing. So both of yours didn't seem bad, but now I'm embarrassed to see mine. But, um, <laughs> tell so, us, tell okay. us. Not many people know, but I'm like a closeted, like professional wrestling fan. So I used to... <laughs> I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid and like a little, you know, a little bit. So, and I don't like reality shows, but for some reason, like I got kind of like what you were saying, invested in some characters. So um, they started like the reality show. So there's this total divas in total Bellas and um, Ms. and Mrs., which is like some people from wrestling that have their own reality shows that follow their lives behind the scenes. And I, I have got sucked in and watched, <laughs> watched that a bit. <laughs> This sounds like a whole other world. I am not familiar. Where does where do you find this? <laughs> I don't. It's on Hulu. I mean, I just you know just, stream it on Hulu. Yeah, it's, huh. it's on there. Really but if you don't, I don't know if you anymore. don't know anything or have never watched wrestling. If it makes you know you know if it's interesting at all, I'm curious if people watch it and right. they don't watch wrestling. But for me, that did. I mean, it's just kind of interesting to see like the you get invested in the characters, like knowing and seeing like how they are in their daily life. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's the that niche side now. of Hulu. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, we, still, we still love you. It's it's okay. <laughs> Vivek, can we cut that part out of the podcast? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely try to do something like that. Okay, got it, got it. We don't want to embarrass April too much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to our last question before the bonus one. <laughs> okay, I guess that's me again. Food on the brain. What is your go-to guaranteed one hour or less meal when you're busy? And we had briefly talked about this before. I'm like, uh, I don't think frozen pizzas count unless you handmade them yourself beforehand. Go. Yeah, so for me, it's going to be um, like a, a pasta. Uh, and it's, so I don't make the white sauce myself. I generally have some stock of white sauce bottles, the ready made ones. Acceptable, acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would quickly just use that and whatever some veggies or, I mean, mushrooms or something like that. And just put that together because I think that's the, even, it doesn't even take an hour. And, just put that and add some nice cheese on top of it. You're good to go. And it's delicious. Yeah, okay. so 
I'm not a cook at all, um, but the, like the one thing that I would say that I can make is my uh, chicken parm pasta bake. So it's the same like, I guess pasta is like common for like under one hour. So I just take some penne noodles, you know, cook them, put them in a casserole pan, put, you know, usually canned pasta sauce of some sort on top and some um, breaded chicken breast and then cover it with mozzarella cheese, bake it for like 45 minutes and it's pretty good. No, your breaded chicken. How do you how do you prepare that? Do you do that yourself, or do you just normally buy like store bought breaded chicken? Or I mean, it depends on how much you know time. If I have time, <laughs> I'll bread it myself with like some can canko crumbs or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I know there's been in our in our in our flow fam chat a lot of talk about the air fryer and uh, like how because I've made breaded chicken in the air fryer before. So I was curious how you did yours and it, it doesn't take that long either. I but. should try the air. I have an air fryer. I got the Ninja yeah. Foodie. Yeah, so totally adulting right now, but. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I need to grab one because I was living with roommates previously and they had one and I haven't had one in like four or five months now. So I think it's, I think it's time. Every weekend I'm on some website, like comparing the different ones. And I was like, just pick one and buy it. Like your life would be so much easier. I'll get there. <laughs> um, I'd say my one of my favorite one-hour meals that's not terribly difficult to do is stuffed acorn squash. Um, and really, I think cutting it takes the maybe the longest amount of time if you don't have a sharp enough knife. But you take the acorn squash and you cut it in half. Um, so you use both halves and you de-seed it. And then you roast it in the oven like salt, pepper, olive oil in there for like 45 minutes. And then you make a sausage filling. So I do um, apples, sausage, sage, and Parmesan cheese. And that's it. And like you cook that on the stove and you stick it on top of the roasted acorn squash and it's good to go. That's always a, it's a tasty one that I like to do. Nice. I might have tried awesome. that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, sh I'll share the recipe for that one. Yeah. I have like my, my go-to all the time. Thanks, Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, so yeah, we I think we have covered uh, our main the questions on Power Platform and the not Power Platform stuff. Uh, time for a bonus question, which the guests didn't know about. So just pull up your phone, uh, whatever oh. app you use for uh, listening to your music. Um, what was the last song that you played? April. Oh my gosh, hold on, I don't know. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying yeah. to pull up Spotify. I forget. No problem. Take your time. Um, okay. I played uh, Smith and Myers, which is, I listen to a lot of rock music. So if there's a rock band, Shinedown, and it's their side project um, for more acoustic stuff. So they have a song called Not Mad Enough. That's what I listen to. Thanks. How about you, Azure? I'm going to be really dumb. How do you find out like what the last song you played is? Because right now it's just the song that I use for my alarm in the mornings. <laughs> from Spotify. I don't know. I have oh. a recently played section on mine on the home oh, you screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine, mine ha the last song that played is called Lo-Fi Relax, but that's actually my, and that's my alarm in the mornings that goes off. So it always says it's the last song I played. Um, oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, just has really like albums on here. Okay. I guess the last song I would have listened to is called Traveling Alone by Tom the Mailman. <laughs> Tom the Mailman. 
Yeah. Okay. That I, you know, I like listening to some of the various uh, like playlists on Spotify. So this isn't one that I curated myself. It's part of their fresh finds. So that nice. was that was the last one. Cool. And the one on mine was um, so I generally listen to some just uh, music scores uh, just to focus or not just focus but just I like listening to Hans Zimmer and that kind of musings so I was listening to Time uh, the one in Inception that it's kind of my favorite so it shows up as a recommendation a lot of times from YouTube I like Hans was, Zimmer too yeah so yeah that's uh, sorry go ahead I was gonna say his music sounds always kind of like a I don't know if this is a good description, but like shimmery. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's... It makes total good. sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, April, let's start off with you. If people want to follow your content, I know you... April has been creating a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of great content. How can they follow you? Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Just search for April Dunham. should be the first one that pops up. Um, I have a blog where I share a lot of my... YouTube videos on there too. So it's aprildunham.com and of course on Twitter at April Dunham. Nice. How about you, Azure? I'm on Twitter. <laughs> That's really all I have at this point. Um, I'm amac underscore n cheese. And uh, I will I will signal boost you, April. That'll be my contribution here since I don't have a, a YouTube channel or a blog. And same with you, Vivek. Like I'll retweet the podcast. That's that's how people, I'll, I'll help reach people. <laughs> well, for those of who you don't know, uh, Microsoft Azure actually posted a video recently, which is gonna feature our very own guest, Azure, kind of telling how to pronounce her name. So that's a, that's her, I mean, I mean, that's a big thing. So <laughs> check that out. Uh, and it's gonna be featured on the Microsoft Ignite video as well, or yeah. during the Microsoft Ignite, so yeah. My fun. one claim, my one claim to fame right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, so thank you all for listening to us. Uh, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Um, it's anchor.fm/rapidpower. Thanks again to our guests for joining us, um, Azure and April. It was great to have you on. Uh, thanks for doing this, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Vivek. This is great.